0: Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's hosts Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. Welcome to Season 19, Episode 10, powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide, and Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at League.com. We're going to chat about the Detroit Red Wings' prospects with their Director of Player Development, Dan Cleary. Dan, thanks for coming on the show again. We'll always appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Great. Great to be back. Uh, Hi, Shane.
0: Hey, Brad. So let's uh, get into your 2023 draft because we didn't get a chance to chat with you after the draft. I like to always let you guys get through their development camps and sort of see what they're like and then get them into, you know, their regular scheduled leagues and kind of get them back into the swing of things before we talk to you. So initially thoughts on Nate Danielson. He was a player, and I fully admit it, and Brad was the same way. We actually had a really difficult time trying to assess him in terms of what his projection was was going to be, like his ceiling, his floor. Uh, we both debated about it quite a bit. We thought definitely he's a first-round pick, and you know we definitely thought he was going to play in the NHL, but where he was going to slot was a, was a challenge for both of us. So uh, we would appreciate any insight from you guys, kind of like defining what you guys think he is and what your thoughts on him as a player.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Nate, very reserved uh, person, personality, uh, obviously really mature as well, uh, both on and off the ice. I think, uh, you know, for me, the first time seeing Nate was in development camp. So I got to see how he moved, how he handled the puck, how he, you know, surveyed the ice and and things like that. Um, And then I uh, was able to get out and see him um, out west uh, a few weeks ago. I, You know, he's playing in Brandon, obviously a team that's, you know, uh, they're battling. Battling, and he's an important piece. He's their captain, um, but I think Nate. Nate, uh, you know, he had a great training camp for us as well. You know, he really played well for Detroit. Uh, you know, obviously, we sent him back to Brandon to have a good junior season and get ready to turn pro here next year. Um, I really like his game. He's got no cheat in his game. That's one thing I like. You know, he's always uh, defensively very responsible, and and he's hard to play against. Uh, you know, he's he's always he's always He's always in someone's uh pocket, someone's back pocket, or you know, he's got good skill. He, he does a lot of small things out there, unless you're really paying attention. Uh his his small area skill is, is strong. Um, got high, high ceiling, and high hopes for Nate.
2: Uh Dan, when you when you look at him, and would you characterize him as a versatile or that you can slot yep. on the wing and center, or how how would you characterize his game?
1: Well, he's a center, but you know, he's so smart and and tricky and cagey. Really, really good hockey sense. Uh, You know, if he had to play wing, he could, you know, no problem to adapt the wing. But I can see him being being a really good center, playing both special teams. Uh, He's a guy that you know I really, really, truly believe that he's going to. He's a leader. Uh, He's he's a quiet, uh, you know, and he he shows you uh, how he leads. Um, But he's, you know, as you get to know him, he starts to open up a little more, and um, really like Nate.
0: I like. I appreciate the the comments you made about him in terms of he's hard to play against because sometimes that gets misconstrued in many ways where you think, oh, he's a banger and a crasher, and that doesn't necessarily define why a player is really hard to play against. If you have somebody who is constantly taking away your time and space, has their stick on you a lot, gets in on your hands, is always in your hip pocket, is relentless in a back check, uh, battles hard for pucks and 50-50 battles, and doesn't cheat, like you mentioned, that's a player that I define as hard to play against. And I thought his floor was really high. So I'm like, okay, this kid's going to play. And my thoughts were, okay, my, my the difficulty I had was, okay, what's his ceiling? Where does he play in a lineup? Is he a second-line NHL player? Can he produce that level of offense consistently, be on a second-unit power play? Or is he going to be like a great number three And that's where I had a challenge in terms of where to put him on my list.
2: Yeah,
1: that's that's probably a fair challenge. And, you know, um, after seeing Nate play and, you know, how he moves and handles the puck, I mean, for me, I'm with you in terms of hard to play against. You know, they're they're guys that take away time and space. Uh, You know, you just feel like you got – you're just smothered out there. And he's a smothering centerman uh, with skill, with skill and good sense. Um, His ceiling – I don't really know what his ceiling is going to be if it's second line or if it's whatever it may be, but I certainly know that he's going to be a really good NHL pro um, just, just the way he carries himself, the way he uh, goes about approaching the game, his professionalism. He's, you know, he's really, really mature kid. Um, takes it serious. Takes a lot of pride in it and he takes a lot of pride in, in that side of the game that a lot of young players, especially, you know, these, you know, kids that are junior, they're, first-round talents and, you know, sometimes the defensive side, the face-offs, the corner battles, the back-checking, the being in the right spot defensively. You know, you can see some cheat in a lot of these players' games at, at that level. And then as they get to the pro level, they, you know, figure it out real fast that the coach is not going to accept that type of play, so they have to adapt. But he certainly uh, he brings it at the junior level. Um, you just know he's going to bring it, you know, at the next level. So, um, yeah, like Nate, I uh, really do, I have to say.
0: Let's talk about Axel Sandin Pelica as a, a young defenseman. And you guys are very fortunate because you have Nick Carnval over there as well. And who can be a really great mentor for, for him. And I remember talking to Jim Nill and when, when Nick was drafted, he was like five eleven, 165 pounds. Like he wasn't a big, big kid, but you know, that patience and let him grow. And he turned into a, you know, an excellent NHL defenseman talk about, you know, Pelica in that respect. And then, how much how much value you have in your staff having Nick around to help defensemen like that?
1: You know, it's funny. We me and Nick just had um video calls of all these kids yesterday and the day before. Uh invaluable Nick Cromwell and, and Nick Lichstrom. Uh, you know, he's over there, he watched his talks to them. Um me and Nick just went to saw uh went, went to watch Axe play uh in Scleftia Um and he, you know, he's 18 years old, uh playing in the SHL as a Regular on a good team with good defense, playing power play. Uh, he's he's a really really smart player, really smart. Um, and he and he's he's in he's in terrific shape. Um, you know when he, when Kroner talks to these D, he talks about when he was young. And you're right, he was he was 165, couldn't put on any weight, and then finally like he just sprouted. He just was able, you know. But but Nick was very very hardworking, very diligent in in what he had to do. Uh, Axel's a really uh, smart calm poised player um when you watch me out there his engine he's feel like he's got a motor that can go uh well past you know into the into the mid one minute shifts and when he does get it most people would you know want to get rid of that mm-hmm. puck he has that ability to uh, calm himself down and make a play to get out of trouble mm-hmm. and he's certainly he's been been excellent uh and i expect him to play a big role over there in gospel the world juniors
2: and i feel like um with Iserman, one thing that you noticed with him when he was um, drafting, developing uh, talent as the GM in, in uh, Tempest system, now in Detroit system, is uh, loves a lot of larger defensemen. A lot of range. They're hard to play against. I remember uh, he talked about when he was a player, he always found it more difficult to go up against larger, fast-skating range of defensemen and that you have more insider in your system. And uh, Wallander and um, Simon Evanson and Justin Hull was brought in Jeff Petrie, these are massive defensemen. And you bring in of Sparrow, and now I feel like Axel Santopelica falls more into that smaller defenseman mix. I feel like uh, everybody, including myself, to be honest, talks about the advantages of large defensemen. Can you talk about, from a development perspective, some of the advantages of of a smaller defenseman and what he brings? Because one thing I noticed was he's so good on his edges, and he could utilize those at a higher rate because he had a lower center of gravity at the line. That's allowing him to get his shot off through traffic. The offensive zone at a higher rate. I feel like that's helping him lead to higher goal scoring rates. Do you feel that's fair? And and how, do you just want to talk about maybe some of the advantages of, of just being smaller on the ice?
1: Yeah, I think uh Axe is not that small. Um, you know, I stood next to him after the game. Um, you know, I'm I'm six feet and a half. I would say he's just maybe a he's a six-foot defenseman. He's got uh real big hands, uh, he's in good shape, like he's got a good. You know steady frame to him that's only going to get stronger in terms of his ability to move and his edges and being a smaller guy um smaller i guess you could say uh, he's completely fine you know with his smarts he's able to defend he's got good strength that he can defend but you know his brain and his skill is what allows him to be a difference maker you know he's he's able to play at that shl level at 18 years old and control games and you know he controls lanes He's got a real good uh, feel for time and space. He knows, uh, like when his when his forwards get the puck, they have time. And that's the true sign of, of a defenseman that really is smart and sees the game well. You know, it's very fortunate to play with a lot of these defensemen in my career that when you got the puck, you knew guy, okay, you have time. And you don't realize it maybe <laughs> until a little bit later. But um, Axis is a really, really smart player. And he's got good skill, good hands, good poise. Uh, And he's competitive, you know, he knows that he's not, you know, six foot four and and with with that length uh, that maybe a guy like, uh, like Mo has or Simon Evanson, you know, William Wallner, these are long defenders that can move well and they're able to use their length and their skating ability to close gaps much quicker. But Axel, you know, for him being, you know, a few inches shorter, he just sets a gap earlier. He's so smart. He's able to read and, and take away time and space and, um, I have no, no concerns about Axel and his path, but certainly, you know, patience is going to be very, very important. Obviously, Steve, uh, you know, values development of patience and our young players. So um, no concerns
0: there. We're going to take a short break on hockey prospect radio, but we'll be back right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown on their own, they're essential, but altogether they're undeniable.